Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is three factors to help you better understand your local real estate market. So whether you're a real estate investor who is trying to decide on your next move, maybe you're a real estate agent and you want to better educate your clients on the local market, or maybe you're just a renter right now and you are looking to buy a home and you want to better understand what's going to happen over the next couple of years to see if it's a good idea to buy or not. Either way, whatever box you fit in, you're going to love this because it's going to be very enlightening. And it's not complicated. These are simple concepts that can help you get a much better understanding of what's going on. So in the national news, you typically see headlines that talk about real estate, but those are on a macroeconomic level. And as you may have learned from a previous video called, Are We in a Real Estate Bubble?, it's very difficult to predict major shifts at the macroeconomic level. But what I also mentioned on that video is that at a local level, you can typically get a reasonable understanding and you can make judgments and forecasts, especially in the one to three year range, on what's going on in that local real estate market. And that's what we're going to share. Hi, I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. I'm a full-time real estate investor, real estate mentoring coach to many of the most successful real estate investors all across North America. So I'll share with you things you've probably never heard before. So a quick disclaimer, if you are a house flipper or a wholesaler, this concept of flipping houses is based on the idea that you're getting a property under contract or you're buying it below market value and then you're reselling at or near market value. And that concept, that little spread right there, that works in any market, under any market conditions, all the time. It always works because the concept is you're below market at the time that you get it under contract you buy it and then you're selling it at or near market value. So although these three factors are incredibly helpful for those that are looking to buy a property for the long term, don't get caught up on this if you're a house flipper. I've got apprentices all over North America. We're doing great deals in bad markets, awesome markets, everywhere in between markets. So flipping and wholesaling, that works everywhere. This right here is geared for you that is looking to buy a property, whether investment or a home to live in, and you want to know what's going to go on in the next couple of years in your local market. All right, enough buildup. Let's dive in. The number one factor is employment, both because most people live where their jobs are located, and also that's how they afford their house. So think about where you personally live. Is it near your job? It probably is, or maybe that of a family member. Most people live where their job is. And so when there's an increase in employment, typically people move into that area. And so that is going to improve the real estate market. Take, for example, back in Shell area of North Dakota. You may not know where that is. Middle of nowhere, lots of oil. When oil prices rose, the amount of jobs exploded in that area, and there wasn't enough housing for everyone, so the real estate market went through the roof out there, and that was in very rural part of uh, the country. And then you look at places like Silicon Valley or like Palo Alto, and you see where the real estate prices there have gone up dramatically, especially in the last several years, because the tech industry has done so well that salaries have increased, the number of people working there has increased, and so that market has boomed. But then there are parts of the, uh, of the area that are completely different. 
where there have been massive layoffs, factories have closed down and shipped outside of the country, and now that market is depressed. So employment plays a tremendous role in the local real estate market. Now to get access to this information, you may have a local employment office, and so that could be either at the local government level, it could be at the kind of the county, parish, um, municipality uh, level, or it could be at the state level or the province level. And they may have that access to that information online, or you may have to call them. So try to get access to some employment information for your local area and look to see the trend, not just what it is today, but where's it going? What's it been in the last two years or three years? Is it going up? Is it going down? And if you can't get access to all this, which you probably can these days too by just Googling, if you live in the area, I think that's where you can just observe. Observe what's going on around you. For example, are people all around you saying, oh, there's no jobs around here? Or are people moving in all the time? Maybe new people are coming to your church group all the time. And they said, yeah, I just moved here. I just got a job at. So observe what's going on around you because that can be a great indicator. You may know even more than some employment office what's really happening out there. You read your local newspaper. You see if people are leaving or people are coming in. And a lot of that has to do with employment. Factor number two is supply, and that is the amount of total houses for sale or units available on the market right now in your area. Now, the typical benchmark for that is six months. So that's typically what's considered a healthy market. So if there are less than six months of supply of houses, that means that there is a potential for a shortage which could raise demand and could potentially raise prices. And then if there's more than that, that could be more of a surplus where that could be a problem where prices may either stay the same or may even slightly drop. So with a six-month supply, that's kind of your balance. But we need to go a step further. And we need to get more granular, as I call it, where you go specific to maybe a price range. You may recall from a previous video where I described how house flippers might be the last hope for first-time home buyers. And that was because most new home builders are priced out of the starter home market. So look around your local or regional area and you'll, you'll see that the majority of home builders are not building the lowest price range homes for first-time home buyers. They're typically building homes for that medium or above luxury level. And so with an ever-decreasing amount or a shortage of new building first-time houses on the market, then what's happening is there's a lower and lower supply in that specific price range. And that can indicate an opportunity, especially if you're buying for the long term. And so it is entirely possible that there could be a shortage of starter homes in your local area, but then be a massive surplus of luxury homes on the market. So that's where you have to get far more granular than just the total overall supply of housing and get more specific. Now to get access to that information, typically your local board of realtors will submit those kind of reports. But you know, you might be able to Google for that as well. Uh, but if you can't get it through Google, then you can call your local board of realtors. And I know in my area and all the different boards of realtors I'm associated with, they send me emails each month with their report. And what you want to be able to see is not only the supply today, but where has the supply been uh, in the last, let's say, year or two? And it, do you see a trend going down where the supply continues to drop? Which that's interesting because that makes it easier and easier if you're either trying to flip or if you're owning the home long term and you know years from now you want to resell, 
The good news is if there's a lower and lower supply, it's going to be more and more of a seller's market as opposed to a buyer's market down the road. Factor number three, affordability. I actually don't think affordability is a word, but you know what I mean. And that is that ultimately your local real estate market is going to be predicated on people's ability to afford the home. So you could live in absolute paradise, but if people can't afford the homes, that's a problem. I'm talking to you, Puerto Rico. You're one of the most beautiful places on earth, some of the nicest people in the world, but unemployment is staggeringly high. Your largest employer, the government, the Puerto Rican government, is about to file or trying to file bankruptcy, and more than 50% of the people live below the poverty level. So even though Puerto Rico is paradise, their real estate market is a complete train wreck. So affordability, that is actually three components. Component number one is going to be the house price. And as we discussed, house price can sometimes be largely due to supply. As supply drops, house prices go up. As uh, supply increases, then that's when oftentimes the house prices either stay the same or even may slightly decrease. But then you have household income. That's how much people are bringing in. And that is a function of, you guessed it, employment. All right, and then the third one is going to be interest rates, which we don't always have a crystal ball on that, but I think we can say pretty safely that interest rates are expected in the United States anyways to uh, increase slightly over the next uh, year or two. That's what we're being told. So let's focus on these two for just a moment. What you want to do is you want to determine the local household income for your area, the median household income. And you can Google for that. There may be some other places to get that information. Take that income information and then try to find out what's the maximum home they could afford based on today's interest rates. You can either call a mortgage broker. You might even be able to use one of those tools online like Zillow may have to find out how much can you afford based on this median household income for your area. Now, once you have determined based on household income, the median level, what the total, like the maximum amount someone could afford at the median level, then look at the median house price. And you can Google for that, and usually Zillow has a tool for that, and there's other, maybe Trulia does as well, Realtor.com may have as well. You can Google for the median house price in your area. And if there's a problem whereby the, the household income median can't afford the median house price, that's a problem with affordability. Now, in the short term, you can get away with that problem in a local area. I've seen it many times, whether it's right now in Silicon Valley where there are outside investors, especially from China, that are buying Silicon Valley houses and literally just sitting on them or renting them out. So they're basically overcoming this disparity of affordability, but that's always in the short term. Same thing happened, interestingly enough, uh, when I used to live in Nashville, Tennessee. Just south of Nashville is a town called Laverne. And there was this enormous subdivision that was building hundreds and hundreds of new homes. And what was happening was the majority of buyers of those homes were not people that lived in Middle Tennessee that were moving in. No, they were outside investors from California that were buying them and renting them out. And so these builders just kept building and building and building over supply. And what happened was we had a disparity in affordability in that specific area. And well, eventually the chickens came home to roost. And I saw with my own eyes as that subdivision plummeted. 
and prices just hit rock bottom. I mean, we're, we're talking going from $150,000 to $175,000 to three years later, the same exact house selling for like sixty dollars or $70,000. It was in good shape. And I know that was during the real estate bubble bursting, but the rest of the Middle Tennessee didn't have nearly as much of a bubble. It was just right there. So eventually, affordability is going to catch up with itself. Now, the other issue you have with affordability is rising interest rates as well. So as interest rates rise a little bit, you also have that issue. So what you're looking for right now in the marketplace is a, is a solid, healthy disparity here where the income can easily afford the house price. So when you put these three together, these three factors, to better understand your local real estate market, you see that what you want is you want an area where employment is rising, you want supply to be slightly lower than six months, or the lower the better, and then you want the affordability to be in check where at least the median household income can afford the median house price, but even better would be if this can more than afford that. That'd be even better. And then vice versa, if you're looking at an area and you find out that employment is dropping, supply is rising above six months, and you also happen to have this strange anomaly of a problem where also the household income can no longer afford the median house price, you know you have a market that is in trouble. All right, well, I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. I hope you learned a lot from this. And if you have more questions and comments, put them down below here. I love to, uh, to answer those comments. I love to interact with you all. If you want to learn more about how to be a real estate investor, both to be able to make money in any marketplace, whether it's good or bad, as well as how to build long-term wealth, uh, check out my book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, and then you can get access to it for free. And if you want to take your business to an entirely new level, consider my apprentice program where my team and I mentor people one-on-one -on -one and turn them into market-leading, money-making machines. Also, 